Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Lions, Tigers, and Children's Ministry, oh my. This is your host, Seth Hoover, with another episode. Uh, Today we're going to be finishing, well, not finishing, we are uh, going on to part two of Brother Taylor's original sermon, Revival in the Life of a Child. Uh, This is not a continuation of the previous sermon in the traditional sense. It's its own sermon, it's just another part to that sermon. Also, I did just want to make a quick apology. The sermon actually starts in the middle of a story that Brother Taylor is telling. I went ahead and left the story in there because, I mean, who couldn't use a good illustration? So, we're going to jump right in here, listen to the words of wisdom that Brother Taylor has to offer today. Please take a close listen to everything that he has to say, and really allow the Lord to search your heart. Um, It may be that he's wanting to put a burden on you for children's ministry or to enlighten your eyes into some things that you could do. So please listen close and give a good ear to Brother Taylor. Sale when he was selling cattle and he was interested in buying a steer for his own use, you know. So... He said, but there was a guy there and every really decent looking head of cattle come through the ring, that guy bought it. And he said, so after the sale was over with, he said, I, I thought, well, maybe I'll go back here where he's gathering them up, you know, to, carry, to haul them off. And maybe, he'll, maybe if, I, if I offer him a little more than what he paid for it, he'll sell me one of them. And he said, I went back there and I, I saw the guy and went over and talked to him and said, I asked him about, I just like to buy one. I just need one steer, you know, for my own use. And the man said he was real polite and he said, he said, I, I, I'm sorry. He said, um, I'm, I'm not buying these for myself. I'm here representing someone They sent me here to the sale to buy them some cattle. And uh, he said, uh, so I'm sorry, I'm not at liberty to to sell you one. And Brother Haven said, he said, well, you know, really just one of them. He said, he said, I'm sorry, sir. But the man that sent me here sent me to buy cattle, not to sell them. And then Havis said, and immediately the Spirit of the Lord reminded me of the verse that says, buy the truth and sell it not. So we come to church, you know, and we get our Bibles out. We didn't come here for any other reason than we're going to get a hold of the truth. And we're not going to turn loose of it. I got a, I got a, uh, uh, a long text that I'm going to read, but the sermon is not nearly as long as the text. Yay! <laughs> the subject of the message tonight. Well, it's going to be of importance to every good Christian. 
It's going to be meaningless to self-centered, stupid people. Okay? So you, you, after you hear it, you can decide which one you were. Um, because, but I say that because I want, I want you to know that this, this sermon is kind of like an intelligence test. It'll let you know if uh, you're smart in the eyes of God. Second uh, Kings chapter 4. And um, I have a rather lengthy text to read in hopes that I will preach a short sermon. How's that? But like I tell you, we come to the house of God. We ought to expect to hear the word of God read. Now, this is a continuation of a sermon that I preached one, uh, another, a different sermon at a different time, but it's the same, same theme, same text, uh, or same title. Revival in the Life of a Child, Part 2. Second uh, Kings chapter 4, and listen here, verse 8. Now it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as often as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. Now, in other words, this lady recognized he was a preacher and, 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 and she was trying to help the ministry, okay? And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Uh, let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a, a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be that when he cometh uh, to us, that he shall go, or he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant called the Shunammite, and when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto him, uh, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? What is thou be spoken to, uh, spoken for to the king or the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among mine own people. And he said, well, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, verily she hath no child and her husband is old. And he said, well, call her. And when uh, he had called her and she stood in the door and he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. And the woman conceived and bare a son at the, that season that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. And when the child was grown, it fell on the day that he went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said unto his father, my head, my head. And he said to the lad, uh, said to a lad, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then he died. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. And she called unto her husband and said, Send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come again. And he said, Wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, 
it shall be well. And then she saddled the donkey and said to her husband, Drive and go forward and slack not thy riding for me except I bid thee. So she went and came to the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass when the man of God saw her afar off, he said to Gehazi, his servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, and meet her and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. And when, he came, uh, when she came to the man of God, to the hills, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to thrust her away. And the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her. And the Lord hath hid it from me and hath not told me. And then she said, Did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, Do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, Gird up thy loins and take thy staff in thine hand and go, to, and go thy way. And if thou meet any man, salute him not. And if any salute thee, answer him not again. And lay my staff upon the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And he arose and followed her. And Gehazi passed on before them, laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing, and wherefore he went again to meet him and told him, saying, The child is not awaked. And when Elisha was come into the house, behold, the child was dead and laid upon his bed, and went in therefore and shut the door upon them twain, and he prayed unto the Lord. And he went up and he lay upon the child and he put his mouth upon his mouth and his eyes upon his eyes and his hands upon his hands and he stretched himself upon the child. And the flesh of the child waxed warm. And then he returned and he walked in the house to and fro and he went up and stretched himself upon him and the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and said, Call this Shunammite. So he called her. And when she was come in unto him, he said, Take up thy son. That's a, that's a pretty story, isn't it? Huh? I really like that. that, that now, that was a really long text, so I'm going to hurry and try to preach a short sermon. But, but, but this, is, this is part two of a sermon on, on a very important type of topic. Revival in the life of a child. Huh? I mean, do you, do you care if a child is brought to life from the dead? That's a serious question, isn't it? I mean, Brother Taylor, what are, you, what are you driving at? I'm asking you, do you care about the spiritual life of children? Hmm? Do you care if they have a chance to accept Jesus at an early age? I mean, does it matter to you? Do you care if, if they are in a good spiritual environment, a Bible-believing church, a Sunday school class where they learn basic Bible principles? Does that matter to you? I mean, children need access to sound doctrine on their level. Did you know that? I mean, they need constant soul-nourishing, uh, Bible-based teaching, preaching that they can understand and apply to their 
young lives. And it has to be presented in a friendly format. Huh? You know, I mean, well, you know, that's why the, 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 the candy-coated sermons, I mean, that's why you deal with stuff, trying to be able to help people to, help especially young people to swallow it. Make it palatable. I mean, I'm sure that every intelligent person here agrees with me, but what the, what, uh, the adults in this church need to do is you really need to be very careful to look out for children. Not just in the parking lot when you're backing up or pulling out, but you need to be careful at all times in regard to children. You teenagers need to be careful about little children too. Jesus is interested in children. Did you know that? It'd be better to have a millstone tied around your neck cast into the sea than to offend one of these little ones. I mean, Jesus got on his disciples for sending children away that was trying to get to him. You remember that? He said, he said, suffer the little, allow the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. So church is not only supposed to be handicapped accessible, it's supposed to be child accessible. Y'all listen? Oh, Brother Taylor, everybody knows that. Then why is it that sometimes if we're not careful, we seem to act like we don't know it? Suffer, allow the children to come unto me, means make the church not just handicap accessible, but child accessible. Now, we want to always remember that uh, one greater than the local building inspector is inspecting our church Every service. Did you know that? I mean, I, we build a new building. I'm you, I, I've been in building a long time. Brother Mitchell, you know what I'm talking about. Building inspectors can give you heartburn. You know? But that ought not nearly concern us as much as what God thinks of our child-accessible church. Now, he's looking to see if children have a safe environment in which to learn about him. Hmm? I mean, Jesus wants every child to have the water of life, the word of life, the spirit of life. Every child, that's what Jesus wants. Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. He took them up in his arms and he blessed them. The disciples, they thought, you know, they were a nuisance. Jesus knew what they really were. They were the kingdom. Jesus wants every child to have a clear presentation of the gospel. I, I want Sunday school teachers to listen to me. 
I want children church workers to listen to me. I want anybody that goes out and does any preaching anywhere to listen to me. If you preach a sermon that, is, that, that you think is, you're sent to the intellectual elite, you're stupid. People are not going to sit out there and puzzle their brain over what you're trying to say. The common people heard Jesus gladly and children liked to hear him because he always had his, his stuff so that anybody could understand it. So make sure when you communicate in Sunday school class or you're preaching a sermon someplace or you're doing a Bible study or whatever, you know, keep it simple. He was looking to see if children have a safe environment in which to learn. Jesus wants every child to have the water of life, the word of life, the spirit of life. Jesus, Jesus wants every child to hear a clear presentation of the gospel, to know that, that, that the cross is more than an ornament. Hmm? What do you think children in the world growing up and that's all they know? That's all they'll see. They'll see crosses, you know, and then they think they're part of mama's jewelry, but they don't understand what it really means. And you're the ones that's supposed to let them know that. You need to let them know that there is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to avoid. I mean, we need to, we need to, we need to, we need to, I, I don't <laughs> We need to avoid being silly, stupid, and worldly in our ministry to children. I understand that. I, 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 I have, there's been a few times, y'all listening, I'm not trying to hurt nobody's feelings, I'm just trying to talk to us for the good of the next generation. There's been times that, that I have seen some things that was done in the name of, of, of children's ministry that I, I was not real... I was not real happy about uh, because it 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 had a lot of uh, you know frivolous stuff with it, but it, but they never did get around to really putting a pressure on those kids about understanding what the gospel message is. That's one thing. Uh, uh, well, there's numerous things, but that's one of the main things that I really appreciate about Brother Nathan and the youth uh, people around here that have done children's church and and children's ministries that we've had here is that they always emphasize what the main thing is. They have fun at it. I mean, they got ships. They got all kinds of weird, wonderful stuff. It makes it interesting, especially for kids to look at. But they always put the emphasis on the real thing. And they do it in such a way as that the kids can distinguish the difference between the stuff that is done for the sake of keeping their interest and the stuff that is done for the sake of helping their soul. And I'm going to tell you what, it takes prayer and a lot of effort to be able to balance that stuff. Thank God for people that work at trying to do it. God bless you, Brother Kenny. God bless you, Nathan. God bless all the young ladies and men that work at that kind of stuff. The Lord will bless you. But don't ever forget the importance of it. Now, Making the Bible truth interesting, palatable to children, it's difficult. It's difficult to make it interesting and palatable to big people. Hmm? Do you think, I mean, uh, candy-coated sermons. 
That's not, that's, that's, that's not because I got, I got some kind of stock in the, in the sugar company. I do candy-coated sermons because I try to get people's interest. I try, to, I try to bring up something that they are familiar with and make a relevant spiritual application to it so that every time they go through the, through the candy aisle in the store, that thing will jump up there and say, Brother Taylor, talk to you about that. And they'll remember what it was about. Spirit. Do you understand, understand, understand what I'm talking about? Revival in the life of a child. If you, can, if you can get the milk and the cookies down on the bottom shelf where they can get a hold of it, that is really important to us. I told you all about the time, you know, uh, you know, that an old boy told me that, you know, he let, uh, he took care of the important stuff and he let, he let somebody else take care of uh, children's ministry and stuff like that. And I, and I, and I, I just, I just, I don't, whoa. What you're doing is not any important, any more important than children's ministry. Y'all following me? Jesus, that was where, that was the disciples' mistake, you know? They didn't, they didn't want to mess with the kids. And Jesus said, whoa. Let them little children come unto me and forbid them not. In other words, figure out a way that we can work with this. Well, Brother Taylor, but they bounce off the walls and they make a lot of noise. I mean, I mean, I mean that's, that, if you look up in the dictionary, the definition of a child is noise with dirt on it. But we have to deal with that. And work with that and help them. I've told y'all a bunch of times when I, you know, when I've been doing especially my candy coated sermons and stuff like that, I always tell you, I always remember the adults that took time to be nice to me when I was a little kid. And the ones that took an interest in me. And the ones that tried to help me. And the ones that tried to teach me things and took the time to do it and didn't just didn't just just say, you know, that's a dumb kid. He don't know nothing, you know, and all that stuff. Well, how do you expect them to know something unless somebody shows them something? Tighter shoes, how to behave in civilized society. <laughs> huh? Come on now, you know that uh, one of the one of the. Pat things we say when the it, 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 um, kids crusades and all that stuff is when things start bouncing off the wall is that the natives are restless. You know, they, they're, 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 they're uncivilized and crazy people, but somebody's got to teach them and work with them. So we need, we need to avoid you know, the silly, stupid stuff, but we also need to recognize that uh, unless we can get our children to swallow the life-changing truth of the Bible, they will be destroyed by the world, the flesh, and the devil. Now, self-preservation is a carnal instinct. Right. Self-preservation. They'll tell you that self-preservation. People will, will, you know, do all kinds of stuff to save their hide. But spiritual preservation is a spiritual instinct. 
And we want to preserve this church and the ongoing ministry of this church. And the way to preserve that is by instilling it in children and young people. Hmm? I mean, a desire to protect and preserve spiritual well-being of a child. That, that's the, that is the instinct of a person that is truly Christ-like. Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not, he said. For such are the kingdom. In other words, I'm going to build my kingdom out of those little kids. Y'all realize, y'all think about this. I mean, Brother Miles and I, we, we've been around here all the time. I've been the pastor of this church for 25 years or something like that. We got young people sitting over there that's working in the church that y'all was born since I've been here. And I think that's just a wonderful thing to see children born into the family of God then born again into the family of God and then grow up to work in the kingdom of God. Jesus said, allow the little children to come unto me and forbid them not for of such is the kingdom of heaven. So if you are, if you ever wonder if Jesus is interested in children's ministry, that verse answers that question. Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. Now, it, 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 it's the will of Jesus for us to reach children with the gospel. I know I'm taking a little time on this, but, it, but it, this is a very important subject. So y'all just bear with me a minute. I'm going to hustle through this. Uh, what do you think? Is it? I mean, is it, is it the will of Jesus for us to reach children with the gospel? I mean, listen to Mark uh, 10, 13. And they brought young children unto him that he should touch them. And his disciples rebuked those that brought him. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased. And he said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. For of such is the kingdom. And verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and he blessed them. Isn't that, a, I mean, can you get that visual? Jesus taking them up in his arms, putting his hands on them, and blessing them. I mean, the answer to, to that question, is it the will of Jesus for us to, to reach children with the gospel? The answer to that is an emphatic yes. It is the will of Jesus for us to do all that we can to get the gospel to children. I mean, I, I can think of a lot of reasons why it's so important for us to reach children with the, with the life-changing message of the gospel. Let me, just, let me just mention a few of them. If a child gets saved in an early uh, age in life, it will save them from a lot of heartache. That's a good reason, isn't it? If you can keep them off the road to destruction, as soon as you can get them off of it, the better off those kids are going to be. For the rest of their life, they won't have stuff to, to try to get past. They won't have regrets to have to deal with. 
If, if, if a child gets saved at an early age, they have less baggage in life and, and that will hinder them and their spiritual usefulness. Do you know that one of the problems we have when we, I, I, I'm not against Teen Challenge. I believe that's a great thing. But I'm telling you, those guys have got a lot of baggage. They've got old addictions. They've got old thoughts in their mind that the devil can use to torment them with. It's a difficult life. But if you could get a child saved at an early age and prevent them from ever being messed up in that kind of stuff. I remember having young people talk to me, uh, you know, at different times and say, well, you know, I don't have I don't have no testimony. I never was involved in this. I grew up in church. I had a Christian life and I don't have a testimony about all the stuff that delivered me. The Lord delivered me from and all that stuff. And I just tell them, whoa, thank God for that. Yeah, but I can't get up in church and tell about I was this and I was a bank robber and I shot three people and all that kind of stuff. I said, that, that, that's, that, 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 you no, know, you don't need to do that. I remember an old preacher one time, he said, you know, when he was talking about Talking about, you know, how the, how the assemblies, they would have these, these big meetings and they'd always have some guy in there that had a, had a big testimony and how that he'd been a gang member or all this other kind of stuff. And I'll never forget the old preacher was up there preaching and said, they don't, they don't ever ask me to preach at none of them big meetings like that because I ain't killed enough people. <laughs> well, thank God you hadn't killed nobody. You grew up in church, you had good parents, they brought you to the house of God, you got saved at an early age. Thank God for that. And, and, you know, so, so we need to work at, 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 at trying to provide the best possible environment for children to get spiritual help in. You know, uh, that means that we have to work at having harmony and holiness in this church so that the spirit can help children and young people. Right. You know, remember that, that, that the, 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 the dove that Noah sent out of the ark. I don't know. I, I, I preached on it a bunch of times, but he, but he sent that sent the dove out of the ark and and uh, and um, and. The dove. Would come back and the scripture said. And the dove found no place for the sole of his foot. That means that the dove could not land on all the turmoil and problems that was going on in the world at that time. The same thing applies to the Holy Ghost and church services. If the Spirit of the Lord can't land in a church service, then the Spirit of the Lord can't do things in the life of people, especially in the life of children. So we need to make sure that we keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace so the Holy Ghost can have His way. Now, how, how should parents feel about youth ministry? That it is very important. Okay? Because even if things are bad, they are not hopeless because Jesus can always help our children. That's why church, uh, children's ministry is so important. In Mark chapter 5, verse 35, And while he yet spake, there came from, from the ruler of the synagogue's house, certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, but only believe. Now that applies to parents who have children that are not doing real good spiritually. You may hear some bad, bad news. 
And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter, James, and John, brother of James. And, and they cometh into the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and they see at the tomb, and them that wept and, wild, and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, make you, Why make you this ado and weep? This damsel's not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them out, he taketh the father and the mother and the damsel and the them that were with him. And he entered into where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and he said unto her, Talitha kumi, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, Arise. And straightway the damsel arose, walked and walked, for she was of the age of 12 years. And they were astonished with great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it. And he commanded that something should be given her to eat. Now you may, you may be like me and have children in, in their 40s or older. You know? But they are still your children and you're you still have a parent's heart, right? And no matter what the circumstances are, you need to keep holding on to the promises of God. I'm talking to older saints in here tonight that have older children. And how should a, how, how should a parent feel about youth ministry? It, 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 it's very important. And because even if things are bad, they're not hopeless because Jesus is always available to help our children. We need to get a hold of that. Now, now, now the, the same principle applies to youth ministry. No matter how things look, keep trying to help kids. And you never give up on any of them. And as long as there's life, there's hope for a child. And, and, and even when it looks like it's hopeless, I cling to the promise that says, He is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. That means if you can just imagine Jesus doing something powerful and wonderful in the life of a wayward teenager or child, He's able to do more than that. He's able to take them off of the road to destruction. He's, he's not only able to take them off of that road, he's able to put them on the road to life. He's able to put them in the ministry. He's able to involve them in the things that would make their life fruitful and valuable and useful. There are no hopeless cases, mama. No hopeless cases. Dad, there's no hopeless cases. Remember that. Always remember that. Now, revival comes when we pray and believe God's word. Listen to this, John 4, 46. So Jesus came again to, the, to Cain in Galilee where they had made water wine. So he'd done a miracle there before. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. And when he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and he besought him that he would come down and heal his son for he was at the point of death. And Jesus said unto him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And the nobleman said unto him, sir, come down ere my child die. And Jesus saith unto him, go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, thy son liveth. And he inquired of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. And so the father knew that it was the same hour in which Jesus said unto him, thy son liveth, and himself believed in his whole house. You know what that nobleman did? He did, he did what every, every parent needs to do. He prayed earnestly as he could. 
And then he believed the word of God. Did y'all get that? He prayed as earnestly as he could. And then he believed the word of God. I mean, it's important that we always remember how much power comes to, to, to those that have faith in the promises of God. The nobleman prayed. The nobleman didn't let the word uh, offend him or hurt his feelings. Except you see signs and wonders, you won't believe. He didn't, he didn't, let, that, he didn't let that hinder him. The nobleman kept on praying for his child. Y'all ain't getting this. Parents come to church if you're not careful. You get, you get out of sorts over something you hear the preacher say or something God tries to speak to you about. And the next thing you know, you do something that is a big hindrance to your children. Thank God this nobleman didn't do that. When Jesus told him the truth and told him how it was, he did not let it offend him to the point where he walked off and says, well, if that's the way you feel about it, that's, you know, I'll just forget it. No, he said, come down, my child, die. I, I need you to help me. I, I, I realize I got problems and all that stuff and, and you can help me straighten them out, but help my child. And the Lord not only revived the nobleman's child, the Lord brought revival to the whole family. You read the story. Yeah, and, and, and that's what the Lord wants to do for your family and every family in this whole church. He wants to revive us all. Brother Kenny, come to the piano. I'm going to quit. Now, you're in here tonight. I'm here to tell you. Even if things look bad, the text I read and the, and the stories I told from other places in the Bible verify the fact it is not too late to call on Jesus. He's going to help us. He's going to help you. And I, I, I know that there's, you know, some of you in here, maybe this, don't, this sermon don't mean a whole lot to you, but there's some people in here that you have a burden for a child. I'm, I'm telling you, there is nothing more excruciating in a mother's heart than dealing with the prospect of her child not making it to heaven. It's hard on dads. I understand. It's hard on dads. I'm a dad. It's hard on me. But I long since realized that it's a whole lot more difficult for my wife than it is for me. Because there is something that God puts in a mother's heart, especially a Christian mother's heart, that I really don't comprehend. And neither does any man in this place or any young lady that hasn't got any children yet. But when you do, you'll know there's something God puts in mama's heart. And along with that, it's my prayer tonight that he will put faith in your heart that Jesus is going to help you with your children.
revival. In the life of a child. I want you to lift your hands right here. Story in Luke chapter 7 about the widow's son at Nain. It's one of those beautiful miracles that Jesus did just because he's a good God. If you'll notice, you read it sometime. He's at the little village of Nain. And all of a sudden, here comes a funeral procession. And they're carrying a dead boy on a stretcher, a, a beard, they call it, an open coffin. He was the only son of his mama. And, and I, uh, my memory serves me right, she was a widow. So she don't have nothing. But it touched the heart of Jesus. Are you glad that we have not a high priest that cannot be touched by the feeling of our infirmities? He saw that and it touched his heart. But there wasn't nobody around, no matter how much they loved that woman and loved that boy, loved them people, there wasn't nobody around that could do anything about it except Jesus. And he happened to be in Nain that day. <laughs> and so he goes out there and I imagine that, you know, I mean, it's a funeral procession. They're walking down through there. And I can imagine it was kind of a, then people thought, what is up with this guy? But he walks up there and he stops the procession. But he did. And he restored that woman's son back to life. I don't know how how that woman reacted, but I know one thing. The implication of the text is is that Jesus did something for her that was beyond gracious. Ain't, ain't no wonder his name is wonderful. And he'd like to do something wonderful in the life of any lost children represented by any family in this place tonight. So I want you to lift your hands right here. And we're going to come to the one 
that really, really cares and understands. And what I want us to do in this altar tonight is I want us to pray for revival, especially revival in the life of wayward children. Bow your heads with me all across this building. If you're here tonight and you have a child that's outside the ark of safety. You don't know that it's well with their soul. There's indications that it's not. It's one of those burdens that are grievous for you to bear. And you want God to help you. To help you believe that He is going to bring them back into the fold. That even though they're like sheep that's gone astray, that we know that the Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all and that they can get saved. If, and we're believing Him to bring Him back into bring them back into the fold. If that's you and your parent here tonight and that's, and that's your heart's desire, why don't you raise your hand say, Brother Taylor, please, help me pray. Help me to pray. Because I want my children to make it to heaven. What's going to be my crowd and rejoicing? It's going to be them in the presence of the Lord. I want to see them around the throne. I'm not worried about the, I'm not really worried about the, about a crown. I'm not worried about any jewels that's going to be in it. I just want to see my children with me in the, in the throne room of God. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. We're going to pray for revival. The kind of revival that will restore our children to the place in the kingdom where they can know that it's well with their soul. Everybody stand. Come, with, come find your place to pray. God help us here tonight, Lord. Wow. Another powerful sermon by Brother Daniel Taylor. Uh, thank you again for listening today. If you do have any questions or comments, you can reach me at Lions, Tigers, and Children's Ministry, Oh My, on Facebook or on Instagram. You can find me at LTCM underscore Oh My. Uh, you can also email me at LTCMOHMY at gmail.com. Please feel free to give me your comments, your thoughts. Looking forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you.